Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. everybody <laughs> we're podcasting we're doing that again of course what else would you expect we've got the windows open letting the cool air in letting the cool ambient noise from outside in got the beers in hand and uh we don't quite know what's going to happen on this one usually we do a topical um if you've read the title then you've discovered that there is a topic here but we were just talking about a bunch of stuff we're like oh yeah this could be good this could be the just like well let's just just go like yeah. we've got a lot we've got lots that we can and could talk about here so uh let's just let it rip yeah and I mean, uh, uh one of the things that we were talking about was uh criticism before this mm-hmm. and i think that you know usually when we do this podcast we try to you know we try to make sure the sound is perfect as possible and try to make sure that everything just is kind of just right and today we're like you know what forget it let's open the windows let's let the city street sounds in let's not fight what's kind of going on around us in our current environment um and let's just kind of see and i mean there's lots there's going to be lots to criticize about this episode that way but that's part of this experiment really yeah. is like kind of letting you know letting the criticism kind of come because i think that there's so many, so many ways we try to protect ourselves all the time. Yeah. And yeah, it's interesting for, for anybody. Cause we, we do a live stream, uh, of the show too. It's like, we just kind of changed our setup today. Um, based on some constructive criticism that, uh, that a friend gave, they're like, Hey, yeah. you guys look awkward sitting on that couch. <laughs> so we're like, all right, well let's set up a table and some chairs and, uh, and <laughs> just do something a little bit different. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, but like, I, I kind of want to get we take feedback. This. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> but I kind of want to get into some of this because, uh, recently watched, uh, a video that you had shared and it's, I've seen a lot of other people share it, but it's like this, um, like Jim Carrey did like this, this short film thing called, um, I needed more color. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I, need, need, I need more, color. I need more color. Yeah. Uh, and it's sort of about how he's really gotten into painting. Dude, high five. You already got your first misquote of the day. Oh, <laughs> you already uh, got it out of the way. <laughs> just give me a job. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. You know what? Maybe I'll just leave Brandon. Hey, um, you know, we're winging it a little yeah, today, so I can do that. Fair share of criticism. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so like I watched this, this thing and it was, it's all about how he's been finding his sort of expression as an artist and as a person in painting and he's been Mm. doing all kinds of stuff. And, uh, I was actually quite impressed with some of his work. Yeah. You know, like I was just like, Whoa, like he's far better technically than, than I was expecting. Um, and I thought it was just, he, he was saying a lot of very like, uh, inspiring things. Although I can understand how some people might find them strange things, but we talk about strange things here. So to me, I was just like, Oh yeah, this is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it's interesting cause like the, and then you read the comments section, which I don't normally do, but they were just kind of like sitting there and I, and I saw a few and I was scrolling through it and I saw somebody wrote this comment that was just like, Jim Carrey was a genius as like a, as like a performer and, and, and movies, but his, his art is 
his art is mediocre, if not lame. Something like that. <laughs> I just thought, what? Like, it was just, it was, I was actually just very confused about the whole thing. You know, like, I guess a little irritated, but not particularly mad about it. I was just more so confused about that comment, mm-hmm. which was obviously criticism. Yeah. You know, that it was because there was no real explanation for, like, there was nothing constructive about it whatsoever. It was just his work is mediocre, if not lame. Right. I thought, what do you even do with that? Yeah. Like, and what, like, how do you even justify a statement like that? And it's like, you know, so for me, I thought, well, why is that? Why do you think this is mediocre? Why do you think that this is lame? You know, like, is there something technically about what is it? Are you an artist yourself? Like, can you give me, can you actually inform me as to, is there something objectively that is wrong with what's going on? Or is there something subjectively that's missing from it? Mm -hmm. Because to me, I thought it's like, well, subjectively, because as far as like the, the art itself, I couldn't say that there was really necessarily things in there that I would put up on my own wall. Yeah. But I certainly appreciated the fact that there was something fueling all of the work that he was doing. Mm-hmm. Like everything that he was doing wasn't just for whatever. It was really like it. I, I got the sense that there was truly something he was expressing in all of his works. There's something he was truly trying to say. Right. Um, so, and, and that's really kind of all that art is. It's kind of that push and pull. It's that struggle of finding expression through, through a thing. Right. Um, and how well does that, that get communicated? And for me, I thought there was certainly communication in there. There's certainly something artful about what he was doing. So it's like, I, I, it, it just kind of got me thinking about this whole thing about criticism and art again, because we've, we have talked about that before, um, directly, but that's just something that kind of popped its head up again for me. And I was just like, it's such an interesting thing that we have to deal with as artists because, because it is such a subjective thing, but people like to use their opinions like their facts. Right. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I think also with a comment like that, the one that you mentioned, I mean, that's like, uh, you know, that's like a, a critic that's just like, they just expect to be entertained or they expect to be given something. And, um, if they're not given what they want, what they think they should get, they just basically like bark back and be like, Oh, it's no good. And I think that, um, you know, with, with art particular, like, like painting and stuff like that, if art was really just about who's the best technical artist, then the most technical artists would be the best artists, but it's not really, it doesn't really work like that because at a certain point being able to do something, um, and, and draw it like real life at first, it's quite amazing. But mm-hmm. then after that, it kind of starts to become, okay, well, if this becomes common, it's not interesting anymore. And the thing is, is that I think what, uh, people miss sometimes is the fact that what makes art great is not necessarily a technical thing. It's something that's unique and uncommon that bucks against the system. And so like, you know, like musicians, for example, who their first CD and their second CD and third CD and fourth CD or whatever, they're all the same sound. And then you start to kind of grow tired of it because it's like, nothing's changing, but you're like, I love the first one. 
And then I really liked the second one and I kind of liked the third and okay, now you're like, now it's kind of like, whatever, it's the same old stuff. Like I had that experience kind of with like Jack Johnson a bit, you know, like I loved his first CD. What? Yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, exactly. And then, the, and then as things kind of went on and the second was really great. The second changed a little bit, but then after that, it was kind of like things kind of started to seem the same after. And it was kind of like, okay. And I think the, the problem is that critics try to take art and they, and when they give their criticism, they put it under a light of comfort, you know, of, of what makes them comfortable, what they want. And so they come back and they say, oh, this isn't very good because it doesn't fit my comfort bubble. But um, I was listening to Matthew McConaughey talk and he was talking about how he's read a lot of his reviews. And he's like, it's hard. But he's like, when I read the reviews, I try to like the best critics, the most talented critics, they always give you the thing and they tell you what like worked and what didn't work and what like they actually give, he was like pointing out that it's like, they'll give me stuff that I can actually apply and use and go somewhere with. Mm-hmm. There's like really bad critics who are like not very well educated and, and usually very weak at their job. They're the ones who criticize and it's just a negative thing with nothing yeah. helpful in it. I, I feel like anybody who, who gets into like being a critic needs to have like, I, I truly think you need to have been an artist or should be an artist. Like you should have an understanding of what that's like Yeah. to put yourself out there and, and to really engage in, in the artistic process and the creative process. Um, because then like it, not only does it give you a sense of humility and because I do think that criticism does need an element of kindness to it. Mm. Like, you know, like I don't think criticism needs to be cruel. And I think a lot of people, and for the most part, that is how criticism is, is dealt. Yeah. It's dealt with cruelly, but the good ones do it with an element of kindness and with an insight into the process. Um, and can give feedback in a way that an artist can understand in a way that an artist can process it. Right. You know, as opposed to just like, nah, it was shit. Yeah. You know, like, no, you're garbage or your work is mediocre, if not lame. Like, it's just like, what, like, cause what, what does that even mean? Like, like what, what, what is that even trying, what can be achievable from that? Like what can be improved upon from that? There's, there's nothing well, I think, you know, I think there's the, there's a type of critic that isn't interested in contributing. They're, they're just literally a taker and they take in their life. They take in everything. Everything is about them and what they get. And they don't care about contributing or helping or adding any value whatsoever. And I think that that's when we think of critics and we think of like the, our dislike for them, you know, cause you know, there is definitely like critics get kind of slammed too. Right. But those types of critics you know, they're, they're like people in the world that literally just take, 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 give me, give me, give me, you didn't give me what I wanted. Fuck you. Yeah. Right. But then there's actually really good critics. There's people who they, they had a life in the theater. They had a life in music. They, you know, whatever. And now what they do is they get an extreme amount of joy out of helping artists become better, helping people find great music, great movies, great plays, great things like that. And in some ways, the best ones, they, they know that these like actors, these musicians, these artists are going to read their reviews because they're good and they know mm-hmm. it. So when they write the review, 
they write it also in mind, considering the fact that this really great person who's up there on stage that we can all see is going to read it. And, and maybe they can help them be a better artist. To me, if you're a critic who does that, I mean, you're a pretty exceptional human being because you're looking and you're seeing how your wisdom can be transcendent and actually give and improve the world. Yeah. But if you're one of those critics, that's just like on Facebook going, this is shit. I don't like it because I don't understand it. And I like what you did over here better. Fuck you. Like you are just like a, a leech taking person in the world. Yeah. And I think that if anyone's doing those types of reviews, like slap yourself in the face. Yeah. You know what? Cause you don't know what it's like. And I, you know, I'm just going to go on my, my, uh, my stool here and just talk a little. <laughs> you fucking don't know what it's like. Get into a recording studio, studio, make some fucking music, get on set, deal with fucking losing son, deal with that. Put your own money down. And you know what? Excuse me. Cause we swear on this podcast, motherfucker, <laughs> like get your shit together and go do it and stop talking about how everybody can do it better. And the thing is, is like, I think any critic worth their salt doesn't act like some hot shot that can do what everyone else is doing. They know, like if you're a really good critic, in my opinion, you have the humility to know that you're not able to do necessarily what this other person is doing. But you speak to them from an outside point of view, like almost like a fan on the sideline saying, look, like I'm cheering you on. Like you didn't yeah. necessarily do a great move over here. Here's why I think so. But this is kind of where you could improve because yeah. the thing is, is like, why do you want to tear down the people that are delivering you value? You know, why are you so entitled? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and here's my last point. Artists need to know that some critics are entitled and you need to be able to say like, you're point of view does not matter to me because it's all negative. It's all taking, it's all crap. It's completely self-serving. Exactly. So I'm going to go and I'm going to listen to people who actually are, are playing this game because you're not. Yeah. And I feel like someone needs to speak up about that because I feel like a lot of artists stop doing what they want to do because they listen to these bullshit critics. Yeah. And then there's really good critics. Listen to the good critics, but don't listen to the bullshit ones. I feel like the good critics, um, of art are the ones who, who really hold, hold the artist accountable to being honest and, and authentic, Yeah, you know, and, and they, that's what they really do. And I think that they also would give the kind of reviews that they would want to receive. Yeah. You know, I think that and yeah, it's yeah, there's like, a mindfulness, it's there's like, a compassion to and, it. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, it's like give, you know, do unto others as you would have others do unto you. You know, that's kind yeah. of like one that I think despite religion, blah, blah, blah. That's something I think everybody can kind of get on board for. Right. But it's like, for some reason, like being, being a critic of art doesn't, people seem to throw that kind of rule out the window. Right. It's just like, oh yeah. So if you like, whatever you do, uh, you you think that would be okay? Like, would you be all right with somebody just being like, your stuff is shit. I think that you're a piece of garbage and you should just give up. Yeah. Like some person who don't even, who doesn't even know you really do those. And some people really literally do those things. And if you're doing those things, I would encourage you to actually really invest yourself in the thing that you were criticizing start to get intimate with it, get to really know about what that process is like, get informed and actually, and again, this is why I say it's like, do some of it because there's a whole 
if you just stay in a theoretical realm, yeah. which I especially feel like in film, this happens a lot, you know, people who went and they maybe studied it, you know, they've studied it, they've observed it from an objective point of view. Sure. And then that's the place that they review from. It's all theory. It's all based on theory. And it's just like, well, theory is only so good. It only, it only takes you so far and it might make you, it might make you a truly great objective critic, but it really like, you won't be able to make an impactful subjective, you know, conversation out of what you're reviewing, which I think is part of what a review is supposed to do is, is stir a conversation. Mm. You know, it's just like, what, what are the, what are the themes? What are the elements? What was trying to be communicated? Like you're diving into, into what made the, the work necessary as opposed to just like how it was done. The, how it was done is kind of in, in many ways it's, it's a little bit mundane. Yeah. You know, like there is definitely an art to it and there's definitely a lot of things that are, yes, like they're, they're part of the craft of everything, but how are you engaging people in, in a creative dialogue about the work? Right. You know, which I think is kind of the, actually the art of being a critic, right. As opposed to like holding yourself high on a mantle. It's like, I say this about that and I am like, and I am king shit of reviews. If I say it's good, you know, like Caesar thumbs up and thumbs down, you know, it's like you live and you die, you know? And it's, and it's like, it's a really, it's, it's fucked up. It is. Yeah, it totally is. Here's the thing. I think a lot of people don't have anything valid to say. And no, I'm not just in general. No, I'm not kidding. I, I have had times where I don't have anything valid to say. The difference between me and that, and a person that's an asshole critic is I keep my mouth shut. And, and instead of making a statement, I ask a question. And you know what? I think the thing is, is that people who put themselves out, like the, the most humble, the best people that I've met are usually the people that are really successful because they know how many critics they had to face. They know what it's like to stumble because in, 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 in failure, like contrary to common belief, you fail forward in life. You don't succeed, 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 and try to avoid failure. You fail, 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 fail until you succeed and you kind of get it. And then you kind of succeed, succeed, fail, 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 succeed, 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 fail, 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 fail. And you keep going, okay, every time I fail, I'm learning how not to do it. And so through that, I've actually learned how to be pretty good. I mean, the thing is, is like, um, there's, I think the thing is, is like success is an interesting thing and doing something and and making it work. I mean, here's the thing. You can do something successfully based on what someone else told you to do. They, they created the outline and you followed the outline and you did it to their outline and you did it right. And the thing is, is that's really great. But if everybody just follows the outline, what you end up getting is paid by numbers and that's not art. Let's be honest. That's not art. That's how you learn how to begin to trace. It's not how you learn how to Mm. do art. Art takes taking the pen or whatever and drawing on that page without any guide, but using the guide that's in your mind only and projecting that onto the page and trying to physically be able to match what's in your mind into reality. That's what art is. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is sometimes 
in our mind, we have something that isn't common or isn't usual or looks weird physically. But if we can take that, put that into the world and we can do it authentically and real, that's some art. And the thing is, is you have people who are critics who are basing art based on traces they've seen of other stuff. And it's like, you're not, you're missing the point. You, you know what you're good at? You're good at telling us whether this person copied something or not. You're not good at telling us whether this person came up with something original. If you go and look through art history, okay, go and look through art history. And I'm, I'm saying this to everybody, go and look at what really like the best artists today, go look at their stories. Watch how much adversity they went through. How many critics came out and said, Oh, this is shit. This is bad. This is whatever. Yeah. And now today everybody's like, Oh, this is the stuff. This is, you know, so like how many times we got to get hit over the head before we start going, okay, sometimes when we're creating something new, not everybody's going to like it. But the thing is, is I think what's happened now, we do live in a time where we have just being straight up. We have a lot of ignorant people. We've always had a lot of ignorant people, but now we have an exceptional group of people that are actually truthfully, I think they care about art and they want great art and they want to express artistry more than ever. And then we have this other little niche group, which is also kind of growing. I think the arrogant artist, the person who's not really an artist, but they know everything about art. And they come in all high and mighty with their studies and their theories and all of this. Meanwhile, basically doing nothing, but they have a chip on their shoulder. They have some type of thing and they come and they try and tear down real artists because they like gave up and weren't, you know, and they don't have the humility to say, wow, like you tried something. And I think the thing, uh, to be aware of as an, as artists is that people who are, who are like that is the best, your sort of best defense is actually to have compassion for these people. Well, yeah, most of them like, uh, like Julia Cameron refers to people kind of like that as, um, as, uh, blocked creatives, Hmm. you know, like that's really what's going on. It's like, people are blocked creatives. They can't, they can't create, you know? And, and when you look at their reviews, you can see why you're like, you're like, yeah, like you're, expectations, what you think it should be like all of these ideas you have about, about whatever this work is Mm -hmm. like, yeah. How could you possibly ever create anything? Right. Because there's no room, there's no room to create. That's the thing that like, I, I think is one of the biggest misconceptions about the creation of art is that it's this perfect little thing. And it's not like, it is so, it it is so full of fucking errors. It is so like, but that's part of what actually makes it, you know, it's like, it's like art isn't, isn't meant to be perfect. It's meant to be almost, uh, it's meant to kind of be a struggle for perfection, but also not trying to make it perfect at the same time, being able to say, okay, like, accept that you will never be able to do this perfectly. Right. You know, you go for a kind of, a kind of mastery over what you're doing, but you're also, if you're doing an art to me, it's part, part of why you're doing it is because there's an engagement with the thing that you're doing that is, is so that you have so much love for that. There is something so extraordinary. It gives you, you know, there's an experience that you have in the doing of it Mm. that, um, that just is, it, it transcends most of what your life is like, you know, it's, it's something 
that's kind of unnameable, something that's kind of, you can't put your finger on it, but it just, it's, it's a thing that just compels you. Yeah. Um, and you're just trying to express it and it's, and yeah, and that's the thing is it's never perfect. And I think that's the biggest thing that stops artists and it's what makes really nasty critics Right. is because it's just like, this is about perfection. It's like, it's not about perfection. No. Perfection is, is bullshit. Perfection doesn't exist. And the thing is, is that on the rare occasion when someone just like makes something and again, you could look at something of anything objectively, any work objectively, and you can find fault in it. Mm -hmm. But then you can look at the same work and say, yeah, but it's perfect. Yeah. On some level, you can just see it and you go, it was perfect. Like there's nothing that you could change about it. There's nothing you would want to change about it because it's all there. Mm -hmm. You know, everything is there and it's a hard thing to explain, but it's, it's an important perspective, I think, for artists to start to come to grips with. Right. That's just like, there will never be, there will never be perfect, you know, but then learning to accept the perfection of, of that imperfection. Hmm. Yeah, that's, uh, I, I hear you. I also think like, you know, blocked creative isn't someone who just can't create. There's someone who can only create within, uh, within a very like bordered, like, area. They, they have a very small area of exploration because a lot of being an artist is, is willing to draw outside the lines, you know, and do something that, you know, isn't necessarily where you're supposed to go, but going outside of that and seeing where that takes you. And I think like, you know, you look like Wes Anderson or someone like that, right? Yeah. I mean, there's a filmmaker who, you know, in, in a lot of ways, isn't just trying to meet reality alone. It's trying to go, okay, well, here's reality, but then here's kind of a way of filtering reality. And you can look at that and go, it's all wrong. It's not real. It's not believable. Or you could take like a bond movie and you could say, well, that's impossible. That could never happen. So it's shit. But it's like, well, no, I mean, the, the, the thing is, is that part of art is what's great about it is that we can take reality to whatever degree we want, but we need to be somewhat authentic to the degree that we're taking and somewhat consistent to the degree we're taking. And then from there, we can start to draw outside the lines. I mean, what are action movies, but reality drawn outside the lines? Really? I mean, the, the beauty of an action film and some people go, Oh, that's stupid. It's totally unbelievable. That's the point. If it was believable, it would suck. The thing is, yeah. is that what or if it was want, believable, it would turn into like, uh, and it would turn into like a drama <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> or a thriller maybe, but who knows? Really? Yeah. It's yeah. like, you know, would you call, would you call saving private Ryan an action movie? Yeah. It's like, no, yeah, you wouldn't call, I mean, you I call that a drama. Yeah. And that's the thing. You're right. I mean, there's tons of action in that movie. And the thing is, is that it's not about the action as much as it is about the character driven plot. It's about these people. But then you take like Transformers or something and you know, they threw in like some interesting character stuff in the first one at least, but it's really just about fucking robots blowing up the city. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. And so the thing is, is like, um, you know, there, the thing is, is that I think what we need to do, especially because we're all critics, like let's just be yeah. honest, we're all critics, we all have judgments, but we need to stop drawing within the lines all the time. And we need to start seeing where the lines could be outside of, right? Or maybe even, um, you know, like, I don't know if you've ever seen like, uh, like, you know, those children's paintings or, or ch- children's drawings, you get them at like restaurants and stuff like that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you have the, the way the child draws them in. 
but you, you know, sometimes an artist, like someone who's a real talented artist will draw in something like that, right? They'll actually draw in like one of those cartoons and they'll shade it with incredible things. But I've also seen artists like they, 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 color it in really great with all the crayons, but then they draw something that isn't in the photo. Just like they add something to like change yeah. the nature of the photo. Yeah. And there's something that's going on online right now where people are actually showing artists who have done this, where it's like, uh, Winnie the Pooh is like closing a door and someone drew like a knife in his hand. It's like, it's like colored perfectly. And then there's like, and then there's like blood on the floor, just at the edge of the, <laughs> and the thing is, is they showed the normal one and then they showed yeah. the colored in one and you can see the blood on the floor wasn't there. And the knife in his hand wasn't there. That was added yeah. in, but the artist was so good that they made it look real. So it changed the whole nature of the photo. Yeah. And then there's many other yeah, photos. Completely. They did, they did this, they did one with a princess and she's like doing something. It looks like she's sitting or, or, or squatting and someone drew a toilet under her and, and made her dress look like her, her, her pants were down. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it was, but the thing is, is like, what's really cool about that is someone took something, they, they, they met what it needed to have. And then they added something, they created something new in it, which made it really interesting. Mm-hmm. And so I think like, you know, a blocked creative has a tough time seeing outside of what is there right? But a, like a a free creative who's trying is, is willing to try something. And I think a talented artist who's also creative, they have the ability and the technical ability to meet what it needs, but at the same time, create something new beyond simply what is expected of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that for, for people who, who are in kind of that blocked state, because it's, it's a dark place to be in. Like it's a really dark place to be in, you know, because you, you feel this kind of, you probably feel that need, that compulsion to, to create something, a desire to want to create something, but you find yourself unable to, to go through with it. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't put, you can't put the, the pen to the paper, right? You know, you can't, you can't pick up that that scene, that monologue and, and start moving with it. And I think, you know, when, when that happens, because it can happen and a lot of times what happens is, you know, you start to become cynical Mm. and you start to become cynical and then you start to lash out at other people who are doing it or seem to be able to do it when you can't. Right. right? And, and now you're heading down this really nasty territory and what you then what then happens is that you start to cling to all of this kind of stuff that is not actually all that fundamental to, to the process, right? Or you start to cling to all of the technique. You start to cling to all of that sort of coloring in the line within the lines kind of mentality, right? Right. It's like, well, you didn't do it like this and you didn't do it like that, you know? and these people did it like this. Mm. These people did it like that. You know, you're drawing upon all these other people and saying, this is how they did it. And, and, you know, and you stay within the lines, right. But it's just like, and, but now you've just shrunk yourself down yeah. into, in, into a place where, where the imagination is, is completely cut off. Yeah. And I think what happens is when people do that. And I mean, I think that every artist can relate to it. If you stop and try where we tried to play it safe. I mean, you know, and, and I think like the, the heart, one of the hardest artist struggles is, is 
gaining the courage and the willingness to go and not play it safe. I mean, but at the same time, keeping yourself grounded enough to still not go so far off the rails that you lose touch with what, you know, you need to do. Um, and, and I think you said something earlier about having compassion for these types of nasty critics. I'd say I'd add one other thing to that is you want to have compassion for them in the sense that you want to see yourself in them and see how you're doing exactly what they're doing, but maybe you're not acting out on it and maybe see like if you had taken another path, how it might've gone darker, or if you've done something that's nasty in a critical way is like, understand that you were probably hurting at the time and try to look at what was trying to drive you there further for the artist. I'd like to say to the artist, don't take these things personally. Understand that a lot of what critics say is personal to them. And it's not so much about you as you might make it. And I think if you make it too personal, um, you can start to be sold by them. You can start to buy into their destructive negative place. So the thing is, is like, you know, this is my opinion. If you're willing to get up on stage and just fail terribly, I'd rather you did that than be someone that stood in the shadows the whole time and just judged everyone who came up. At least get up on the stage and fail terribly than, than to always sit back. Like if you always sit back, you know, be honest about the fact that you're not courageous enough to get on stage because every actor who begins, every, everybody who begins in some way or another is going to struggle in whatever they do the first few times they do it. And it might be for the first few years they do it even, you know, or whatever. But the thing is, is that that's part of the process of putting yourself out there. You know, the first time you public speak, you know, it's, it's not going to be the best public speech you ever do unless it's the last, you know? So if you go again, you'll learn. And, you know, if you get up on stage, you do some acting, you try to play some music, you, you know, the first time you do anything is probably not going to work out. And I think the thing is, is that, um, people don't give themselves a break to like, be like, you know, they totally like mess that up. Um, and I would say also like, it doesn't really change like as you go along in your career, because what ends up happening is you have to be willing. It's so interesting. Cause you know, there's a script that I, that I got hired to write and, um, you know, we sat down, we all had to talk about it. And, um, I, I kind of knew that, it, you know, it wasn't necessarily what I wanted. It wasn't necessarily, um, I wasn't feeling super confident about it, but the thing is, is that when we sat down and had a talk, you know, um, the producers and everybody were like, well, uh, they, there's so many people were fighting for me to make sure that I can help to make it what it needs to be. But part of the reason why I believe they do that is because I'm willing to admit when I've done something that isn't working, but I don't take it personally. I just go, yeah, yeah, this is why I don't think it's working. But like, okay, what do we need to do? Oh, that's what we need to do. Okay, well, let's go try that. And the thing is, is what I find too, is that they don't necessarily know what's going to work, but they have, they have an idea and like, you know, and so what ends up happening is you go trial and error. So the next stage is like, okay, well let's, let's try and redraft this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So we go and I'm going to submit a new outline because I'm, I'm going to probably do a page one rewrite for a script, which is like basically as a writer, you could take when, when you get a page one rewrite from a, from a producer, that's pretty much the, like the hardest feedback you can get. Cause they're like, basically like, listen, we don't even want it. 
work with what is written. We want to rewrite it all over again. Yeah. So I go, okay. I go, fine. Let's just rewrite it all over again. But some people could look at a page one rewrite and go, Oh, I totally fucked up. I just, I'm a terrible writer. I totally yeah. messed up. It's like, no, we went and we did it. And now it's kind of gone down the road. And now we're realizing, no, this isn't working. So let's go back. And we have a way in which we do it. So now we're kind of like going, okay, well, let's, you know, uh, there's new, new people involved. Let's get, uh, certain things approved as we go through and make sure. And it's like, fine. Okay. But the thing is, is like, that's the thing about writing is that you're going to fail on several drafts, but then if you can get one that really works, that's all that yeah. matters. Cause that's the one that gets made. Yeah. I mean, the thing is like, if you can get your ego out of the way, yeah. then you can just accept this is uh, yeah, this is part of the messy process of, of creation yeah. that's going on right now. You know, it's like, it's, and, and, to see it as a failure is, is would, I mean, it's, I won't say it's incorrect. I mean, it's, it's incorrect from a certain viewpoint, correct from another, you know what I mean? So, but the thing is like, what is more conducive to us creating and creating with a little bit more enjoyment Hmm. in our lives and to see it. So if you want, you could go down that path and say page one, Oh my God, I, like I fucked this up. Like I'm a, fi- I'm a, I failed at this. I'm a failure, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, and you, this, this shit can spiral out of control and you go, okay. Yeah. Page one rewrite. I understand that this isn't where it needs to be. Hmm. Um, but what this, this was, was actually just, com- it was completely necessary. Right. This was necessary in the process. This was actually phase one. Yeah. Of the process. This was not like, this is not a failure. It's like, this is not like you going to phase negative, you know, and start, it's like, no, this was phase one was doing this thing. And now we begin phase two, right? Which is, but it's all, it all ties together. You know, that's the thing. There's always a connecting thread between failure and success. Yes. You know, like they're, they're tied intimately to each other. They're sides to the same coin essentially. Yeah. Right. Well, it's also like so much of art is figuring out what not to do. And this is the lesson I keep learning. Like, you know, this is my, my lesson this week, really. Cause I mean, I was listening to the same Matthew McConaughey talk, but he was pointing out about how it's really hard to know who you are, but it's a lot easier to know who you're not. Yeah. And so figure out who you're not. And then through that, you'll begin to figure out who you are. And I feel like screenwriting and, and learning acting or music or whatever is a lot of sometimes just figuring out what you don't want to do so that you can figure out what you do want to do. Because, um, you know, and that's kind of the whole thing about failing upwards. And, you know, this isn't my first page one rewrite. I mean, I did a page one rewrite on a, on a script when we got financing because I just... I can't actually think of a couple now that I've done page one rewrites on where I just went back and I said, you know what, I'm just going to rewrite this again. And the rewriting process was so enjoyable for me because I, I didn't, I wasn't attached. I just let go and it said, no, I got this better idea. And the thing is, is we might do a whole nother page one rewrite on uh, the burning blues script, right? Which I'm actually excited about. But the thing is, is like, I've had really good feedback with that current script, but like, I've also evolved a lot and we've talked a lot and discussions have happened about what the script could be. And in certain ways, I mean, you know, I look at it and I go, well, what have I learned through this whole screenwriting process? I've learned a lot about what works and what doesn't really work. And 
by writing and rewriting and keep continuing to try, something is happening. Like I'm becoming better. Um, and, and the thing is, is all I can say is that, you know, it's got to not be about the result. It's got to be about enjoying the process because if for me, it was always about coming up with the perfect script, I think it would be hellish. And I have had that time where I've been chasing the result and it is hellish. But when it becomes about the process, about enjoying the process of writing something, then or, or creating or doing whatever you're doing. I think that that's the best way to go because you get a lot of enjoyment and you're not hinging all your enjoyment on if someone likes it or not. But the thing is, if people don't like it, you go, okay, well, at least I enjoyed it all the way up till this point and then people didn't like it. So let me figure out what would actually work and I'll go back again, but I'll enjoy it all again anyway. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And to be able to enjoy it, but also to have something like to have something in your work that, you know, that you're trying to express, right. You know, to have something true and authentic to you that, that you're trying to, to put out there. Yeah. Um, I think that makes, that makes every project worthwhile, no matter what comes of it, no matter what people say about it. Even if you miss the mark, you know, even if you say, it's like, you know what, I was going for this. I didn't quite get, get to where I wanted to, but fuck it. I gave it a shot. Yeah. I, I gave it a shot. Like I didn't. Oh, look at that. You got some music going. Got some grooves in the street. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh no, we're going to have to get licensing. (laughs) Um, um, Yeah, no, this has been very cool. Uh, Yeah, we don't edit. So, um, um, what do you think about this beer? Yeah, I was going to say it's good. I'm nearly finished it already. Um, I don't have any more. I know, unfortunately it's tasty. It's, it's nice and refreshing. I think it's a half of Eisen or a wheat beer. Um, yeah, it's tasty. It's like, uh, you know, it's, it's very cloudy. It's, um, it's refreshing and smooth. It's kind of a little bit, um, actually for half of Eisen or wheat beer, which I'm pretty certain it is, or it's some kind of white ale maybe, but, um, it, uh, it has a kind of a stronger taste to me. Like it's a little bit more, um, I don't know. It's like, this is such a terrible word to use, but it's like a little more filmy. I don't know. Like it's like, okay. like it kind of hangs with you a little longer. So mm-hmm. I'm finding that like, it's, it's good. I, I a don't lingering know, finish, a lingering finish. Let's call it that. <laughs> I don't know if I would drink this beer back to back to back, but it would definitely be one where I would like go out and I'd, I'd have a, I'd have a glass, a full pint of it and I'd be happy with it kind yeah. of thing, you know, or two, but, um, yeah. And then I might switch it around a little bit if I had the chance of craft beer, yeah. but it's good. I like it. I give it two thumbs up. I think it's solid. Um, yeah, no, I've been enjoying it. I enjoy it more than when I sampled it when mm-hmm. I was over there. Um, this is from uh green leaf brewing company in North Vancouver. And this is called their Weisenhauer wheat. Uh, yes. Um, and they say, you know how a bright, beautiful, sunny day looks and feels meat, sunshine in a glass made with over 50% wheat malt and brewed with coriander and orange peel. Mm, I like the orange. So yeah, no, I've been enjoying it. And it is, it's, it's, it's a, it's a pretty dark looking, looking wheat ale. Yeah. A lot of times they're, they're quite light. Yeah. But this one is, uh, almost like an, like an amber, um, very rich color, very cloudy, very cloudy, hard to see through, <laughs> you know, you're getting, uh, but very tasty, you know, you're getting your stuff. I like it. Um, I drink it again. Yeah, sure. me too, man. 
Um, you made a good call. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's what. That's all I do. It's for your. It's for your <laughs> critique, Brandon. Thanks. That's what I do. Everything as a critic. For. I'm gonna say it was good. <laughs> it was good. It was good. It was well, I mean, good. you know, we we come in, we criticize the beer. I mean, the thing is, is like, there's been very few beers that we haven't really like loved. You know, or really enjoyed. I mean, yeah. the thing is, is I think that, um, you know, I've it's like 153 podcasts now, so I've had a pretty good palate now. Um, because I've done a hundred, I've rated 153 different beers on this podcast. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've had all my other beers that I've drinking outside of this, right? Cause I do yeah. drink beer outside of a podcasting, but you know, we're being critical of it to some degree. I think the thing is, is that there's also, um, and I just want to bring this, there's a downside of always being too positive about everything and always being like, everything is wonderful, you know? Yeah. Because sometimes, Absolutely. I mean, where, where do you, like, how do you even take any credibility out of the person if they just think everything is great? Yeah. And I think when it comes to critics too, um, exp- the best critics are trying to make refinements about stuff where it's like, okay, well this is like a little bit better than that. And, and here's why, or this is totally not working or whatever. Yeah. But you know, the thing is, is like, um, like Dov Simmons used to say, I think everybody who makes a film should get an award because it's so hard to do, you know? So I think there's this part of um, being an artist, which is if you go out and actually create something and do something, especially like making a film or make an album, I'd imagine, uh, or making or putting up an art show because you did all these paintings or whatever. I mean, there's something incredible about that no matter what, but at the same time, you know, you want to start to, you want to start to look at, okay, well, how can I, how can I take this further? You yeah. I mean? Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. how can we take this per- further? How can we, um, in, inspire this to, you know, others, uh, inspire ourselves, um, to take this to, to another level, to explore something that hasn't, hasn't been done before. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like, that's, that's a truly noble, you know, I'd say it's a noble pursuit, but, uh, I think the, the hang up is, is when you get hung up on it, right? You know, when you get hung up, it's like, I've got to push it to the, to the next thing. It's like, well, it's like, push yourself, push what you're doing in a way that surprises you and in, in, in a way that, um, excites you, you know, that takes you into an unknown territory, but don't get too crazy about it. Yeah. Don't get too serious about it because once you get too serious about it, now you're like, you know, you, you, again, you cut yourself off, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think the thing is, is like also, you know, when you're doing, when you're doing anything as an artist, there's, there's always keep a little bit of you in it, like a little bit, do, do the art a little bit for yourself, at least to some degree, but don't do it entirely for yourself and always do at least a little bit for everybody else for communicating, but don't do it all for anybody, for everybody else either. mm -hmm. Like, you know, and I think the thing is with, as an artist, sometimes you, you know, you're writing something or you're creating something or you're making something and it's for you because you want to express it and you want to do it at the same time. It's if by the off chance that what you created, that was all really just about something you wanted to do, at least make it something that can communicate somehow to other people. But like, you know, if you're trying to make something that you really think, is going to really land and emotionally impact people or whatever you're trying to do, 
keep a little bit of yourself in there always, because, you know, if it's all about everybody else, I mean, why do, why do art? I mean, like the thing is, is like, I think art has a certain part of, um, self-expression and self-healing and self-love in it. And if you take all of that out, you miss something. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you don't think about art as something to communicate to others, you might as well just do paintings in your room and never share them with anybody or whatever. But like, um, I think in, in, in really either anything is fine. You know, that's the thing about art is art is like, well, you can do whatever you want, but if you want to connect with the world through it, if you want to expand it more than just your world, you need to figure out how to kind of align. And critics are really good because they give, I think artists, um, a a little bit of a reality check, you Mm. know, because some people are just mailing shit in, right. They're just mailing it in. Yeah. And And other people are really putting their heart in. And I think that that's when the good critics will really go after somebody, right. You know, is when somebody's mailing it in, when something is so devoid of any kind of inspiration, anything authentic, that's just like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. You know, like, what are you, you know, and then to a degree, like, I understand it's like, there's almost a certain obligation to inform people. Right. You know, it's just like, Hey, there's some bullshit happening here. Yeah. There's some real bullshit happening here. And people are trying to sell this to you. Right. People are trying to get your money for this bullshit. Yeah. And, and you know, there's, there's a value in that, but yeah, that's like, it's, it's, it gets sticky. I'm just trying to go into, I'm like, oh yeah. So like, where's this line? You well, know, yeah, like, I don't and, know. And, and I think, it's, and I think it's that's, tough. I think but, that's something critics got to figure out too. And, and, you know, you got to figure out who, which critics you trust and you know, what you don't. I yeah. mean, it's like reading a, reading a book or, or trusting an author or, or listening to a scientist, you know, like have they actually gone out and done these experiments and actually got the data or are they just calling themselves a scientist and then saying like, Oh, I know this or calling themselves a critic or whatever. Yeah. The thing is, is that, you know, you, you gotta, you know, sometimes you gotta check up on the, on the resource in which you're getting this information from, you know, there's certain people, they pop up on my Facebook feed every now and then they have opinions and they'll be like, Oh, this is shit. I don't like this. I'm like, they, and they do this all the time. And I'm just like, well, that's just not someone I listen to. Like if their point of view about things, I've just learned to be like, you don't have a lot of credibility with me. You know what I mean? So yeah. when you're being a critic, think about this because we're all critics. What you say online or anything you do, you're earning everyone else's trust because as they see you do or more, distrust or distrust. And so the more that you are in line with something that they can find value in, the more they're going to kind of trust you. And, and, and when something pops up and you say it, they're going to go, yeah, okay, cool. And if you keep saying stuff that's just negative and destructive and not adding value, you know, um, there might, you might get a certain crowd that's just negative and destructive with you and wants to join into the, you know, the, the destruction you're maybe creating, but are those the people you want to be associating with? And now you create an insulated bubble now where it's just you and your negative group. I think, you know, I used to do this and, uh, you know, for the last few years I started to blog and I, I stopped doing it, but I just wrote about empowering things like things about my personal self-discovery, things about motivation, things about coming out of a rut, getting over depression, whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just started sharing stuff online and, 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 a, a large group of my friends started reaching out to me and saying like, when are you going to publish a book? This is really great. This is really helpful. Um, and I thought that was really cool because while I was sharing something and it was earning a certain kind of credibility with them. And, and some of those people have been a really great resource in helping me to like move things forward further. 
Um, you know, I, I stopped doing that because I wasn't as passionate about necessarily communicating that message anymore. But, um, what I learned through that experience in a big way was that I was earning a certain kind of credibility with people around a certain kind of topic area. And I think the thing is, is that we, whether we're the critic or whether we're the artist, we're always, we're always building our relationships and our trust with the outside world. And art is kind of neat because it's a way, in my opinion, to be vulnerable and open without necessarily telling your story specifically. Like that's why I like writing because I can share, um, not just my story, but stories of my friends, stories of people I care about, stories of people I've met or got to know without ever ratting on anybody or telling who anybody actually was. And you know, it's funny cause I've had a lot of people read, um, you know, I had a lot of people read Love Lost, for example. Yeah. Can I read a review I just got recently? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing is, I've had a lot of people say to me, oh, this is you or this is me or whatever. <laughs> and I've been like, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, sure. If that's what you want to believe. I don't tell them they're wrong or right. And a lot of times in certain ways they're right, but they just don't know where they're right and they don't know where they're wrong. And the thing is, is that's the beauty of it for me is that it, it's not just my story. It's also the story of friends and people I've cared about in this love story. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to say who shared this, but I just, this is a really great review. Someone just read the script. They said, I really enjoyed love lost. It took me away into a time of my past loves. Some of the scenes took my breath away. I think that the characters are developed perfectly. Beautiful job, Brandon. You're so gifted. The thing is, is what's really great about this to me was that it, the, Other than the fact that it was glowing. Well, it's glowing. I mean, no, you know, that's, it's all, I mean, it's great to get the good reviews yeah. too. Cause you want to know if you're impacting people. Oh yeah. But the key thing in this whole review for me, the thing that I cared about the most was that it took me into a time of my past loves and some of the scenes took my breath away. That's really the, but the whole thing I was trying to do with that movie, I wanted people to have an emotional experience in this script. And the thing is, is like, this script is, is like, I look at it as like, it's the beginning of me being able to do that skill in my writing. Mm -hmm. But those types of reviews kind of help you. I also had some more negative reviews where people were like, well, I don't really feel like the male character really has much of an arc. And I don't feel like they're really going anywhere. I went back and I re-edited it. I, I, I put those in there. I made him actually make a stand. I made his process, you know, I evolved it. So Um, but fortunately I think now, like I've been doing artistry for a long time and I've been writing for a long time. I have a lot of really great people around me. So, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not like when I started and I didn't know who I could get reviews from. So what I want to, this is my point is that we're all critics, but we need to, as artists, I think in the beginning, it's really hard because we don't know what critics to trust and what to not believe, uh, who not to believe. In the beginning, I think a young artist needs to just trust your heart, go out there, keep trying to do your thing don't listen to feedback. That's like straight negative. If you have the courage to do it, or if you can do it with someone who's straight negative, maybe reach out to them saying, Hey, I noticed you didn't like this thing. Why didn't you like it? What was it about it? That, and what do you think? I, what do you think it needed and get their feedback? Cause maybe you can get feedback. Maybe they didn't mean it totally negative. Yeah. But like now I've been doing artistry for, I mean, half my life. And the thing is I built a lot of people around me so I can go to a lot of people and say like, is this working or not working? Like, you, you know, you read one of my other scripts. I mean, it wasn't that great in my opinion. I mean, you were pretty nice about it, but like, I kind of knew it wasn't that great. And the thing is, is like, you know, um, I think the thing is, is that that's sometimes 
what you're going to deal with, you know, and, and not every script's the same and, and not every song you do is the same. Not every performance or character you play as an actor is going to be the same or painting you, you paint is going to be the same. And I think like the thing is, is that, you know, okay, here's another thing. I want to point this one thing out. We should never take reviews personally either. Cause mm. this person said, beautiful job, Brandon, you are so gifted. You are so gifted. Like I, I, I go, I'm not even going to hear that because the thing is, is like, that is, is really great that they have that opinion. But the thing is, is that if I start going, Oh, I'm so gifted. Cause they said I'm gifted. I know I'm gifted. I don't yeah. need them to tell me I'm gifted, like gifted in the sense I'm not gifted, gifted. In fact, I don't even hear gifted. I hear, I worked very hard to be a good writer. I've worked very hard to be a good writer and I know I'm a good writer. So it's reaffirming them saying I'm gifted. But if they said you're terrible, it would be the same effect and I know that like when you're, when I was earlier in my career, bo- those things would have made a big difference. And so if you're early in your career, it's hard for you to understand. But honestly, like you, you have to not take this stuff personally because it could like, it, you don't want to put all your power into, into your critics to determine your value. Yeah. 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 It's basically, you know, and then, cause then that just starts to feed your own, your own self critic. Right. And you're good when you're, when you're reviewed well, but when you're not, I mean, yeah. it can destroy you. you just, right? Yeah. Completely come apart. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we have to, you know, we have to find our, we have to find our, um, we have to find ourselves in our art. You know, you have to kind of determine like, you find know, center. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the thing is, is like, I know I'm a good writer, but I also know there's certain areas of writing where I'm not very good. But like, the thing is, is I, I look at myself and I go, I lo- I really like writing. I don't know if writing is what I want to do forever, but the thing is, is like, I do know where I'm weaker as a writer and I know where I'm stronger as a writer. I know I've worked very hard as a writer and like, I, I know that I have very strong dialogue. I know that I'm, you know, I'm good at trying to understand the emotional stuff when it comes to like, sometimes more the physical action, the, uh, the bigger concept stuff, I'm not as strong. But the thing is, is like, what, what what's going to resolve that? practice. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not something you're born with. It's just something you practice and do over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Intention and practice. Right. And eventually you, yeah, you work at it you chip at it and and, and you, and you grow and you improve. Well, you know, and one of the things that I'm just going to share this, because I think it's always good to give personal, um, you know, feedback to people so they can understand. But, you know, sometimes, I mean, I've written stories that, are really good stories, but the concept is just not strong enough. It's just not unique enough. It's not enough. I mean, we kind of did that with actually the townsfolk. Everyone's told me townsfolk is really well written, but the concept is not as exciting or it's not, it's not quite as, and you know what? That's okay. But we can know we, we succeeded in one area. We wrote the characters and the dialogue. Well, we know we did that, but maybe our concept wasn't, you know, maybe we weren't thinking, outside of the box enough, yeah. but that's good feedback, right? We can figure that out. And like, if we ever come back and write the townsfolk again, we'll know where we need to work on it. And mm-hmm. that's, we did try to do that, but I mean, that's, yeah. that's the thing about critics is like critics, um, especially if they're not trying to just destroy you, they actually give you back kind of exactly what you need. So you know where to expand. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. you know, what's funny about this because I, I, I raged a little there earlier about <laughs> That's right. You know, sometimes yeah. you just got to rage. I, I want to stand up machine. for artists, right? Uh, you know, I want, I don't want them to be 
destroyed by negativity. So yeah. I'm very, you know, I'm very passionate about that. But at the same time, at this point in the conversation, I'm kind of like, yeah, but I'm also thankful for critics. If they come from a, from a place that's not just about destruction, but they come yeah. from a constructive place. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Critics, I, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, I, I want to just like say one little thing. Sure. Uh, it's like, you know, there's, you, you know, there's, there's musicians who, who have, or, or artists who have left us, you know, kind of sooner than we would have liked, mm. we'll say. And, you know, it's, it's funny. Cause like there was a big joke about how like Tupac had like all of this, all of this music that was unreleased. Right. And people were like, Tupac's not dead, man. He's like off somewhere. Like people thought it's like, I'm sorry, people, Tupac is dead. Yeah. He died. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but people were like, well, where's all this music coming from? And it's like, well, he was an artist. He was a recording artist to a huge extent, to an extent that he had just catalogs of music that never came out. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that he recorded this music and he never released it. Why? Because it was like, they weren't like at the time they weren't songs that he was just like, no, these aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. They weren't there, but he still did them. Yeah. He still pursued it. And then they were all released later and you know, they're not necessarily, it's not necessarily bad music. Right. But it was just like for what he was doing and what he wanted to do, you're just like, no, I'm not putting these things out there. So it's like, you know, and he was one of the best. Mm. Some people would say he was the best, best MC of all time, you know, <laughs> like, and it's, uh, and so it's like, it's, it's an important thing to realize that for artists out there that it's like, no, not everything that you're going to do is going to be something you necessarily put out there. Yeah. That's a really important point. You know, it's like that, that, and that's totally fine. And, and we were talking about, it's like, you know, some, you might just do work that nobody will ever see, you know, and maybe some of it people will, but there is something to be gained from sharing your art with other people. I mean, if you do some for yourself, that's just for yourself. That's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know, but, um, don't let fear stop you, you know, fear of criticism, fear of not being enough, stop you from putting, from putting yourself out there. Right. You know, because there, there is, there's something, you know, somebody is maybe dying to see or hear your, what you do. There could be somebody and maybe it's just one or two people mm. who just think that what you do is fucking incredible, but that's someone you've genuinely touched, mm-hmm. you know, and you've got more to come more in you, you know, you just keep working at it. So yeah. Well, you know, I think one of the things that I'm taking away from this conversation is that, you know, critics are, are all around us. And there's people who are well-trained, who are very, um, you know, they're, they're contributing critics who are really trying to make whatever they are invested in better and really try and guide people to seeing and hearing and experiencing the best stuff. And there's always going to be critics who are kind of the ignorant critic and the destructive critic who don't really, you know, the ignorant critic doesn't really know anything, but just believes their opinions, but never really studied enough or never really experienced enough. And so they're kind of, um, they, their, their voice doesn't carry that much credibility and they're, they're ignorant because they, they're missing the element of humility. They don't know what they don't know. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's the destructive critic who's someone who's really just out there to basically they're blocked and they're just trying to basically make other people blocked because it would make them feel better. So they're destructive. They say negative stuff. And, you know, um, it's really like it's it's really like it's good or they have all this terrible shit to say. And I think the, 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 to take that further, what I'm realizing is that not only are there critics all around us all the time, but we have all of those critics inside of us each of us all the time. And so when we're making art, we're the, the biggest critic because we're always going to be there going like, I don't know if it's good enough or what, you know, whatever. And I think part of the creation process is I always try to say, make the critic leave the room while I'm creating like the editor and whoever has to leave the room. And when I create, I create and the editor can come back in and kind of go, you know, and go this and that it's not that great. But I think what I would say to artists is, you know, go out and create something, you know, create it to completion, finish it. And then afterwards, then review it and then look at it. And if you have some people you trust, then you can maybe share with them and take those notes and go back to the drawing board, but learn to go back to the drawing board many, many, many times before you get it right before you get it to where you really want it to be, or before you kind of figure out a way for yourself. Don't, don't worry about failing many, many times before you find that success. Mm -hmm. Cause all, like all you really have to do, um, like there's a saying, uh, you know, the police is like in criminals, like the, the police will fail, 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 fail. They only have to succeed once, but the Mm. criminals have to always succeed. If they fail once it's over. Right. Right. So think of it like this, like if you're really trying to do something good in the world, you know, you're going to find that there's going to be a lot of fail, a lot of struggle. But the thing is, all you have to do is succeed once. And then once is enough to make great things happen. You know, and the fail is like, is actually phase one. Yeah. You know, or some maybe it's phase two as well. Who knows, right? It's just a learning. It's just a learning opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. For me, Mike, I think my takeaway on this one you know, is that is, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be so afraid of criticism. Like really just to put it simply, I'll, I'll yeah. elaborate, but, um, <laughs> it's, it's to not be so afraid of criticism because it can't, it actually can't hurt me. Hmm. There's the, the criticism actually cannot hurt you. Um, because it's either a, um, it's good criticism and it's actually only there to help me you know, it's only there to help me learn and to grow and it's nothing personal. Right. Or the criticism is coming from a place that has absolutely nothing to do with me or what I do. Mm. It has absolutely nothing to do with me. So I don't need to pay attention to it. I don't need to be worried about it. Either case, it can't hurt me, but you, you know, it requires just uh, a perspective on it. And I'm going to incorporate that into, uh, into probably like a, a daily affirmation. I think, you know, we did a podcast a little while back on affirmations <laughs> and, uh, and I, I have been working with them and it's been brilliant. Uh, they've been really brilliant. So I'm going to work that one into it and just okay. be like, I'm just like, I'm not afraid of create, uh, cause I have an affirmation. I would encourage every artist to come out with an affirmation that you say to yourself, like every morning and periodically through the day, whenever you think of think of it, think to do it. Um, create a personal affirmation to yourself about, about creating, um, your art, something that's, um, that's empowering and strengthening for you. Um, 
and 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 roll with that. So, <laughs> yeah, that's my takeaway. I like it. Yeah, I think uh, I think if anything, I mean, really, I'm just walking away with this myself. It's just more clarity around it because we had a discussion about it, and um, also I think you know, um, for me, I think what's going to help me moving forward is not not fearing, uh, putting my work out there, um, to people who I don't necessarily trust because I realize that I have a good, a good, uh, network of people that will give me real like real feedback, but at the same time, it'll be critical enough to help me move forward. But I think also like for me, what I'm realizing is eventually I'm going to have to move outside of that bubble and put stuff out on a bigger scale. I mean, it's going to happen pretty much regardless whether I like it or not. So I'm just kind of looking at it going, okay, well, I'm kind of ready to take the criticisms now, you know, I'm ready. Um, and, uh, it's not that I've necessarily been avoiding it, but, um, I'm just realizing like, oh yeah, you know, I'm not so scared to get criticism anymore. You know, and, and I think that, um, there was a period in my life where I was pretty scared of it. And it was, uh, something that, well, at least even just a little bit of fear, I think is not mm-hmm. good. So I, I, I think the thing I'm learning is there's nothing to fear. You know, there's really nothing to fear. Now that I'm more clear on it, the, the fear has kind of, uh, I don't know, it's just dissipated. It's kind of gone. So I think for me, I'm, I'm looking at it going, okay, well, what would I do? What would I be willing to do if I wasn't scared of any type of negative you know, feedback or if people just didn't like me or whatever, like what I do, you know, what would I be willing to do? Is there anything holding me back that I'm not doing because I'm worried about what people would think of me or what would they think of my work? And there probably is. So I'm going to kind of investigate that. That's going to be my takeaway from this. And I'm just going to look at how I can, how I can be more bold and put myself out there more, uh, and more so more fearlessly, more courageously. Fan. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. Well, that was another B&E podcast, folks. We'll be back. You know it. You know. That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.